Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. HawkFanatic.com Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths. Your home never looks so beautiful ahead of myself brought to you by been that kind of day patrick eads and his staff at deary brothers ford lincoln on mormon trek by steve anderson hawkeye title and settlement falbo brothers pizza mike's lock and e keys for cars gt car and his crew at super siding and remodeling super's flowers home of 1-800-800-ROSE hertine and stocker jewelers 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyoke Inn and the Amanas. Players Sports Bar and Grill, downtown. Henry's Painting and Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Here's Tom Suter, Pat Hardy from HawkFanatic.com, and Coach Don Patterson. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Coach Patterson, after week one, we were all saying to ourselves, it can't get any worse than that offensively. And, and by God, it did. Uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take it away, Don. Take, take it away, Don. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Um, I'll say this. The game could not have started any better for us than what it started. Think about it this way. We sacked Hunter Deckers on the first... Yep. Yep. Third down of the game. We blocked a, a punt with uh, Lucas Van Ness, of course. Left us with a start on the plus 16. Two running plays, chewed up that 16 yards. Just we like in that, the end yeah. zone after playing the grand total of 2 minutes and 39 seconds. Yep. And little did we know that would be our last sack of the day and our last touchdown of the day. Yeah, it was – I mean, Kirk brought that up in his postgame right away. Hey, we couldn't have gotten off to a better start. And that's what he's always talking about in a big game like that. Get off to a good start. Get the crowd going. Or if you're on the road, take the crowd out of it. They did exactly what they needed to do. And, Donnie, on that touchdown run and the run before it, there was great line search. They were pushing. I was, I'm like, wow, okay, maybe this is going to happen. And then they end up averaging hardly. Less than three yards a carry. Yeah, and they're averaging 2.3 as a team. And, Don, again, Spencer, when he misses targets, it's almost always 
high is he is he just pressing is he he's obviously overthrowing the ball right he's throwing he's he's not hitting open targets and Arlen Bruce isn't very tall he's 5'10 but he's throwing over his head countless times what do you do to change that Uh, (laughs) it's a dilemma it really is like you say you'd rather have a taller receiver but there are no perfect players out there. There's something wrong with any and every receiver. Yeah, not everyone's Randy and, Moss. Um, yeah, and obviously you gotta you gotta put the ball on target. You know, it's uh, I'll say it this way, and I used to say this to some quarterbacks. I, I've got a guy now that's playing in the NFL that played for me at UConn, and I used to tell him this isn't. It is not all about velocity. It's mm-hmm. all about location. You got to put the ball on target. Velocity. Sometimes you need great velocity. If it's a really tight window and you have to throw it because it's a critical down and the game's over, if you don't hit it, you've got to gun the ball in there then for sure. But in so many cases, if you have an opportunity to take a little pace off the ball, that's a good thing. That's what makes you a passer rather than just a thrower. If you're a thrower, you just you just got one speed, you know. And, um, and uh, I, I talked uh, before about – the observation about Hunter Deckers in game one, I said, it looks to me like he understands touch. Uh, you know, some of those some of those high percentage passes, he just kind of flips the ball out there and it's an easy catch. And that's the same thing, of course, that Aaron Rodgers does if he has a chance playing for the Packers. He's going he's gonna to throw the ball hard when he has to, but if he can take a little pace off the ball and make it a little more catchable, mm-hmm. he's going to do that too. Yeah, and we saw that last night with Tom Brady. He didn't have a great game, but when the routine throws to me at this level, you got to make them ninety nine point nine percent. And I, I, and maybe I don't want to read into his head, but Tom, you were there. Arlen Bruce didn't have good body language after some of those. You could tell no, it's starting to get to him. Yeah, it's starting to get frustrating to him. Now, Don, they've got a game which, to me, this is the last game on the schedule. I can't believe I'm saying this. Where. I think it's a no-brainer that I was going to win. I don't see any scenario in which, I, no, I mean, Nevada gave up fifty-five against who was it? Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. Can you tell us? Do you know much about Incarnate Word? Are they Division One or are they FCS? I didn't bother to look well, it up. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. About all I knew about them a while back in time is they had a quarterback that was transferring out. That was a, a guy, for what I knew, that that we should take a serious look at. Okay. Uh, he was. He was a. <laughs> Uh, an accomplished passer that played for Incarnate Word last year. He transferred to a bigger school. I can't remember uh, who he transferred to, but he was a guy, and he, I believe he's starting to that school. You'd have to go back and look to see. I don't even remember his name. Uh, but he is a guy that was accomplished, and he left the program. So you're thinking, well, if the, if the accomplished passer left, then Incarnate Word's in even worse shape. Than they are, and yet they scored 55, 55. on Nevada. So that's a good sign. I, I think it's safe to say we're going to be a very angry football team. Yes, uh, as as a group on Saturday, and we're going to take out our frustrations on Nevada. I agree. Uh, I believe that will happen. Uh, I'd be shocked if if we don't do a number on them. Uh, and I know that's bold talk. But I'm with you, and I think they'll be able to run the ball able too. To produce very well at all. But I, I do think there'll be a lot of frustration. That will vent next Saturday, and and uh, Nevada's showing up. If you're a Nevada fan, I think you're showing up at the worst possible time to play Iowa. I agree, and they win. They're two and one going into Rutgers. 
And that's uh, a winnable, winnable game. game. I mean, that's a winnable game, even with this bit. And I know some fans don't want to hear this because right now, if you're not sticking to the gloom and doom and clean house narrative with Sun fans, you're a, a, an apologist and what? Yep. They they beat Rutgers even with this terrible offense. They're three and one, a third of the way through the schedule, and they got a chance. They're halfway to a bowl. I mean, you can't. I I, I know it's easy to just kind of just say they're we're done, but that's how you got to look at this, right, Don? And uh, and I I would not be surprised if Padilla saw some action. Said I wouldn't be surprised if he started. I, I would like to see him get a chance. I know. What do you think, Don? What's your gut feeling? Do you think it'll be Petrus again? Because I could also make the argument. Well, we've made Spencer grin and bear it through these two tough teams. Let's give him a chance with better shirt. What do you think they're going to do? Uh, good question. You know, if you want to think long term, uh, I would be inclined to to um, to favor Padilla. Okay. Yeah. Um, simply because it's it's better to start off against Nevada than it is to start off on the road against Rutgers. Yeah, that's true. Um, if he's if he's gonna if he's gonna be given a chance to to play ahead of Spencer, then he should be given a chance to start even. Um, one reason they might stay with Spencer, I think this game is maybe Joey Labus could take us to a win in, in the next game, but he's not going to be given that opportunity, of mm-hmm. course. So whoever's taking snaps is probably going to get credit for uh, winning a football game. And um, and obviously there's some sentiment that we should give Spencer that opportunity because mm-hmm. that'll boost his confidence and he'll play better against Rutgers if he has a chance to put up some big numbers against Nevada. And, Don, one thing I'm hearing, and I wrote about it, today, I'm hearing Spencer is by far the best quarterback in practice. It's not even close. And I know some fans are like, well, I'm But have we doubted that? The games are, to that, I say the games are on Saturday. Yep. Let's go with the guys that play well on the weekends. But we don't know if the other quarterback. Well, we've seen enough of Padilla. He did not light the world on fire last year. No, season. he didn't. Can we agree on that? Yes, he, we can. He was pretty mediocre to the point where half the time at Nebraska, Kirk had to put um, – Spencer back in speaking of Nebraska we'll talk about that at yes. some point too during this show because I'd love to get your thoughts on the timing of that Don they were willing to spend it just seven so stupid well they were why okay let's just talk about Nebraska yeah, okay why bring him back if you're going to fire him after two games and just eat the 7.5 million they would have saved by waiting another two weeks to wait until October 1st what's the thinking there they yeah. just had to get rid of him as I understand it there was one booster that said I will pay the difference wow can't wait There's two one weeks. guy that, that ponied up seven and a half million dollars to get rid of him now uh, for the Oklahoma and of game. The contract was written. Scott Scott Frost, the agent, is thinking if we can just get into October, if we can just get through the end of September. I don't know who they play next week. It must be somebody pretty. Well, Oklahoma, easy. isn't it? They play Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, it's Oklahoma. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, who do they play on the 24th? Maybe that's the easy one. That I'm There's not sure. There's got to be a win know. out there somewhere. But yeah, they. Play, I know. I don't know who they play after, but they play Oklahoma next week, and they they're going to probably lose that either way. So maybe that was. Their, Although they almost beat them last they year, they did. They did with Caleb Williams. No, you're yep. right. They did. So, just weird that they were willing to eat that. And I wonder who the booster was. It's it that Buffett guy? Or is he, I don't know. But can you imagine having the kind of money where you, you could pay seven and a half million dollars to have a different coach for two weeks? Uh, it's it's, it's <laughs> stunning. But that shows you yeah, the I level of frustration. At least the guy with the money, the fear that he has. Obviously, he thinks. It's in the best interest of Nebraska football that somebody else be in charge. He didn't want to risk that Scott Frost might actually win some games up ahead, and I think that was certainly possible that that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, let's face it, the, the, their problems change from one one year to the next. Uh, this year they can't stop anybody no. on defense. They're scoring some points, but they're getting outscored. Uh, last year, of course, their problems were turning the ball over on offense. 
Uh, their defense actually probably played better than they're playing this year. I think they they look more vulnerable on defense, and mm-hmm. and their offense looks like they they might be able to outscore some teams, but not others. Uh, so anyway, that that booster didn't want to take the chance of Scott Frost getting on a roll and winning a few games. I tell you, I watched I watched most of that game after we got home, and uh, Georgia Southern got a pretty good uh, offensive team. They do, yeah, and but they, it's still Georgia they Southern. Sure. They they have the same mindset going into Nebraska that Iowa State had coming in here. They had reason to believe they could pull it off. You know, and that was that was on us for not playing well against South Dakota State. That gave Iowa State um, a little more confidence than what they already had. Um, and I think Georgia Southern had confidence they could beat Nebraska too because they're they're a wounded Nebraska, if you will. Well, and their quarterback's nickname is the Ginger General. How do you not like that? <laughs> and then some team uh, had a. You know, I I do have to give um, credit to Iowa State. You know, they really earned the win. They outgained us two to one, as you know, mm-hmm. three hundred and thirteen to one fifty. They outrushed us one hundred and twenty nine to fifty eight. They doubled our passing yardage, one hundred eighty four to ninety two. Twenty one first downs compared to eleven. You know, they dominated us statistically, and it's not surprising that they won the game based on all that. Um, they overcame a lot of know, adversity just, too, Don. They did, Don. They had, I mean, they had I'm two punch. They had two punch. They overcame a lot of adversity. Three turnovers, two in the Iowa end zone. They had two punch blocked, and then I thought that unsportsmanlike penalty at the end, which gave Iowa a chance. I don't agree with those calls. I think you need to let them celebrate. I mean, I think, I think Caleb Shudik would have made that field goal last year, even in the rain. We we're in overtime. I mean, Iowa was so close to pushing that into overtime because of that penalty. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Here's another thing that comes into play, and you, you know you're talking about things that end up making a difference in the way the game gets played out. Uh, there was a key play that gets overlooked here in this game, uh, simply because the key play only and the key action only involves uh, having to take a timeout in the third quarter. Uh, Spencer called timeout, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and it turned out that we would have needed that. We would have liked to have had that timeout at the end of the game. Yes, you're right. That's a good point. Just imagine having another opportunity to move the ball closer. And um, the fact that we had to burn a timeout in the third quarter came back to haunt us. It sure did. And uh, they were really and struggling. I the clock. It, 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 it does appear that the play uh, came in late. Um, and I, I don't think Spencer realized the clock was low until it was low. If he'd have realized a little bit sooner, maybe he could have hustled him up a little bit and beaten the clock. But he didn't think he could beat it, so he burned the timeout rather than take the delay. Kirk, and uh, that's unfortunate because we needed that timeout at the end of the game. Kirk said in the post game that it's not a, you can't make a fair assessment on Spencer's play because he just isn't getting enough help. I sort of agree with that, but I also disagree with it. I think you can make an assessment when your quarterback he's, after two games has probably missed eight or nine. He's not receivers. the only problem. Oh, by, no, with not the at offense. all. But he is a big problem. Well, he's a big and I'm problem. a big Spencer fan, but he's just missed so many open receivers, but Kirk went out of his way again to say, hey, we can't make a fair assessment because we're just not doing it on offense. I mean, what your thoughts on that, Don? I don't want to put you on the spot because I know you're good friends with Kirk, but, I mean, um, do you see what Kirk is saying? I think he's trying to keep his quarterback confident. Well, the reality is that that um, that we need better execution out of our offensive line, better execution out of, out of our running game. Mm-hmm better execution out of, out of our receivers to support the quarterback that's been taking snaps. And part of the problem that 
that Spencer um, creates is he's not very mobile no. and he doesn't have much escape ability. And, and the reality is that if we realize the offensive line is what it is and the skill players are what they are, one argument for Padilla is if, if he's a little better runner than Spencer, then he gives us a little better chance to avoid those negative plays yeah. and to, and to, uh, to be able to turn a negative into a positive. There was a play in the first half, of course, where Spencer pulled the ball down. There was a lot of green grass, and he ran for a first down. Uh, but the odds of him doing that are slimmer, I think, than Padilla doing it. I think Padilla does have a little better escapability. He's a little better runner. Um, having said that, I think Spencer's the better deep passer, uh, and has proven that over the last year. Uh, but we have to have time, of course, to be able to throw the ball deep downfield, and somebody has to get downfield and put themselves in position to catch it. Well, so, Donnie, I agree with you, but yet we didn't throw one single pass 20 yards or more, not one single pass. I'm, I'm aware of that, yeah. Um, it's a problem, and, and one reason we didn't is because we um, don't have confidence in receivers deep downfield. And then beyond that, of course, we don't have confidence that we can protect for the necessary time to get to get those receivers downfield. Yep. And it sounds like so, they it sounds like they could get Keegan Johnson possibly this week, and Nico's closer, and I, that will definitely help. But it's not like Randy Moss and um, Drew Pearson are walking through no. the door. And those guys will definitely help. Don't get me wrong. But Don, the problems go way beyond just two more wide receivers, right? I mean, they, it's it's across that's the correct. board, and I think that's what Kirk's trying to stress: the problems are across the board. Yeah, is there any way that you can? And and we all appreciate Nico for what he's done, and Keegan for the plays he's already made as a young player. Mm -hmm. But can you put either one of them in the same category as Xavier Hutchinson? Oh no, no, so. no, 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 no. So it's not like even when they come back, you know, our receiving core. Um, Improves, no doubt about it, because those guys play good football and know how to know how to play winning football. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not like they're the huge game breaker that that he is, or for that matter, that David Bell was for Purdue last year. And I guess right now the Purdue fans would say that Charlie Jones is for Purdue right now. Um, Charlie Jones in two games is as many catches as he had in an entire season last year. And so it's got and almost fans that say Charlie Jones would only be our fifth best receiver. They're in denial because last year, Charlie Jones, in my opinion, was the best single receiver that we had. And I remember you saying that. And yeah. he didn't start. And I think that's maybe part of the reason he left, too. It's like, you know, if I'm well, not can gonna... anyone blame him at this no, point? No, no, I really can't. But this narrative that, oh, he'd be number five at Iowa, that's just ridiculous. And I and I get the fans that want to stay loyal and stay solid with their. I get that. But Iowa right now is ranked 131st out of 131 teams in. Yeah, uh, in almost every offensive category, and it's not even close. And Don, when I went back, somebody reached out to me and said, "You know, Pat, you're writing about this. We were much worse in 2012. No, no, they averaged over 300 yards a game in 2012. Right now, they're averaging 150. This is as bad. Scott Mullen threw for over 400 yards in 1999. Yeah. This is as bad as it's ever been, and it's in year 24. That just and with his son, it just makes every. It just adds to the frustration, doesn't it, Don? Well, to give you an idea of how crazy the numbers are, 158 yards per game, um, and that's to write 131, right? Mm -hmm. There's 131 teams. Number 130 is averaging about 70 or 80 yards more. Yeah, isn't it's that not New Mexico close. State? Yeah, New Mexico State. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, I guess the good news, there's no way that history says there's no way those numbers are going to continue. And I believe that. I agree. I believe that Something's better happen. days are definitely ahead. The numbers are are not going to stay as they are. They're going to improve, no doubt about it. They're going to improve for all kinds of reasons. We're going to get our receivers back to, to give us better depth at wide receiver. Our offensive linemen are going to become better players over time. They're still young players. Um, all those kind of things figure into it. Uh, we're going to we're going to start creating more turnovers than we have, certainly than we did in game one. Of course, we didn't have any on defense. Um, you know, our, our defense is going to present problems for everyone mm-hmm. that plays against them. True. Um, and so those are all positives. Our kicking game is going to be to our advantage. Maybe 12 games out of 12. I don't know if anybody we're going to have to say beat us in the kicking game this year. Punting. So those are all bright spots. Punting. You're talking about punting, uh, right? Yes. Yeah. No, no, yeah, Don, I, yeah. You're right. I can't say that about place kicking. No, he's right one now, for three right sure. now. Yeah. yeah. I'm just talking about. I'm talking about our coverage unit. Sure, which are very uh, good. Punt and kickoff. Yeah. For that matter, our kickoffs have been solid. Um, and um, and of course, our punting is is uh, exceptional, and our coverage with punting is exceptional. Very good. So other bright other bright spots to me are red zone defense. I said at halftime, Very. I said thank God for red zone defense because Iowa State, I believe, in the first half three. was in the red zone three times and had exactly three points yep. to show for it. Yes, um, and that doesn't surprise me because, as you know, we've been among the best in the Big Ten in red zone defense in recent years, year after year. We've always been good in red zone defense, uh-huh. and we were good again. Um, but as you know, they finally got to the red zone a fourth time, and that last trip did produce a touchdown. And um, that's unfortunate, and we can talk about that too. If you were wondering, I think you guys probably know this, those officials were Big 12 officials. Uh, and I'm not going to say the officials cost us the game. I'm not going to say that. But I do want to talk about two plays in particular. Uh, and I do think that it, it does matter uh, that um, – that we did not have Big Ten officials for this game. Pottybaum's goal line fumble. That second goal on the one-yard line, the ball appears, in my opinion, being objective. And we didn't have a good camera angle that they continually showed for whatever reason. The angle that they showed a lot wasn't very good. But in my opinion, the ball appears to very barely break the plane of the goal line before loss of possession. I honestly believe... If a Big Ten crew reviewed that, uh, and I'm talking about a matter of an inch or two, that's how close it is. Um, I think the Big or let's back up. If a Big Ten officiating crew, if the, if the line judge and the headlinesman, those two guys that are standing on the goal line, if if the Big Ten officials reviewed, uh, saw that in real time, I do think they would have signaled touchdown. But I will admit it was such a close play that the video was inconclusive. And regardless of how they ruled it, um, uh, if they ruled it a touchdown, they would not overturn that call either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that they ruled it to be short, um, they weren't going to overturn that. The, the call stood, and and um, and it was credited as a fumble. So, Donna, you so saying just unfortunate? So, Donna, you saying you think each fishing crew would give the benefit of the doubt to the conference they represent? I don't think yes. so. you do. Oh, okay, yes, interesting. Do. Interesting. Okay, no, yes, I... I do, and I'm, I'm talking about I'm, if it was obvious, of course not. But I'm talking about if it's within an inch or two. I think human nature is such that they might favor 
the team from their conference. See, and I you, thought you might not want to hear that. I'm not talking. Oh about no, I'm no, no. I'm. I I find it interesting, and my thought on it is, I thought Iowa was in trouble because I think whatever they ruled on the field was going to survive replay. That's right. That's kind of what I thought, and That's I know correct. it's. It's. I suspected the same thing. The video, the the, the replay guy is going to say the video is inconclusive. Mm-hmm. He couldn't honestly tell one way or the other. So the call was going to stand. Whatever those wing officials decided, that call was going to stand. Mm-hmm. I was pretty sure of that because it was that close me to play. Too. Yeah, me too. And, yeah. and turned out that's what happened. You notice they didn't say the call is overturned or the call is confirmed. They simply said, say the call stands. Okay. Meaning we can't find video evidence to overturn it. I'm just curious. Is the other play the, uh, uh, the touchdown to Hutchinson with Moss covering him? No, I actually would go to the toe tap by Aiden Better. Okay, okay. Let's talk about that one for a second. Sure, sure. It's, it is a third down. It's third and eight. We're on the plus. They're on the plus forty-five yard line. Uh, super effort on his part. Um, you know, great, great job of toe tapping. Great job of extending for the ball. Um, and then as you look at it, you're thinking, okay, um, but did he possess the ball uh, long enough for it to count as a catch? By the time he hit the ground. Uh, was his toe, in fact, still inbounds? Um, and of course, you only need one foot. So it was a it was a close call either way. Uh, here's here's where we got in a little bit of trouble. Maybe it wouldn't have been changed anyway if it would have been reviewed. But as I understand it, in the Big Ten, um, they routinely the replay official routinely buzzes down to alert the officials. I want to take another look at that play. That's how it's done in the Big Ten. As a result of that, Big Ten coaches don't really worry about needing to burn a timeout to ask for another look. Uh, Those plays get routinely reviewed by the replay official in the Big Ten. In the Big 12, apparently, that's not true. They're a little less likely to buzz down, as we call it. Maybe they don't buzz down at all. I don't know what the policy is, uh, but it's kind of obvious that, that the official did not buzz down and stop the game. Uh, to Iowa State's credit, they very quickly lined up, uh, and the, the only solution that would have maybe given us uh, a different outcome would have been for Kirk to burn a timeout mm-hmm. to guarantee that the play is reviewed. Kirk did say after the game, hindsight is such, I wish I would have taken a timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Big Ten, it wouldn't even come to a timeout. Um, incidentally, the next play, they did go tempo. They lined up quickly. Mm-hmm. That's what a well-coached team should do, of course. Do you know? Here's the rest of that story. Do you know what the next play was? It was a fade route to Hutchinson that, for a gain of 24 yards. Yeah, great catch. That, that's the next play. Yeah, great that catch. play was worth more than the, the toe tap on the sideline. Yeah, you're right. But that's the play that set up the field goal. Yep. It was the next play, the 24-yard fade route. Uh, incidentally, I said going in, we got to be try to be sure we limit uh, single coverage on Hutchinson. And um, and we all think the world of Riley Moss for how he plays football, but that's a tough matchup for any corner, and that was a tough matchup for Riley. Uh, I believe, it, as I recall, he was the defender on that play. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, Hutchinson's not your average Joe. He's a, he's a super receiver. He is. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be playing on Sunday. I think I'd be shocked uh, if he didn't uh, make an NFL team. You know what else I heard about and him? It's hard to defend. I heard about what's from... that. Something else I heard about him from somebody close to this Iowa State team is that he's a really good guy. He's a great teammate, just a great guy. Yeah. Don, I wanted to ask you about two more plays. Okay, the first one, the Hutchinson touchdown against Moss, 
where some people thought that he pushed off Moss. I didn't on that one. I looked at the replay. I did not. I thought, if anything, Riley initiated contact, but I think it was the right call to make no call. Now, a play where I'm going to sound like a Hawkeye homer, I did not like the personal foul on um, Cooper DeGene for hitting for hitting Deckers near the sideline because the way Deckers plays, he was still stiff arming and fighting for yards and still in the field. His feet were still in the field when DeGene hit him. It was late. Obviously he was going out of bounds. What do you think of that call? I'm just curious because I thought that was a no call. Just let him play. It's it's the kind of call that, that uh, is likely to be made against the defense. If the offensive player is going out on his bench. (laughs) <laughs> That's the truth. Okay. I think the same play on the other side of the field on our bench, it, the flag would be a little less likely to be thrown. It might have been thrown anyway. I had no problem with them calling that because it was clearly, it was clearly a push. And in my mind, okay. yeah, it, I agree. it absolutely did not need to happen. Okay, I'm a homer. Um, it was a frustration play for Cooper. I think what you don't realize maybe is Cooper is the guy that was on Hutchinson. Are you aware that four of those five? Pass completions went to Aiden, went to um, Hutchinson to Xavier Hutchinson. Four out of five on that on that ninety nine yard drive. Mm-hmm. So and Cooper was the victim uh, a couple of those times. We were playing two man. He was manned up on on um, Hutchinson. He was an inside receiver. Uh, he got uh, of course he's a young player and and he he was a little bit spooked about defending him down the field, which made it that much easier for Hutchinson to catch the ball short and turn it into first down yardage. Uh, I do have those yardages written down. Frustrating. Third and two, they ran for six. Third and five was a six-yard pass uh, to to Hutchinson, and he was covered by Cooper to Gene. It was poor by Cooper. Third and three, a pass plus ten. That was to a different receiver. Third and three, pass for a gain of five. That was a little bit of a push-off by Hutchinson, but he got by with it. Uh, You know, it's the kind of thing that might not get called, and we all know there's – there's always a um, a little bit that's allowed to go on on both sides. Uh, third and five, pass for nine yards. And that, again, that was two man. Again, it was again it was Cooper to Gene versus Hutchinson. The next, the very next play was the late hit uh, on Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know where Deckers got hit. He, he had only gained a yard, I think, as I recall. Yeah, he was basically uh, running ver- horizontal. Yeah. Side. That was a key penalty because that that moved him to the two. Oh, it's huge. Line. It was, it was huge, and yeah. then and then third down and eight, the touchdown. Uh, my my comment was hand fighting on both parts, yep. both players. No call. I didn't see a penalty. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't see a penalty on that play either way. Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised that they didn't call it. It looked to me like they got tangled up a little bit. You know, there was hand fighting on both sides. Mm-hmm. They allow that to go on. It always does. Uh, and uh, I think Riley lost his balance and went down. Uh, and, and certainly Hutchinson had something to do with Riley going down. But it doesn't surprise me that they didn't flag either side on that particular play. And one thing I will say about Iowa State, they did not shy away from going after Riley Moss. Like no, teams used to do sure with didn't. Desmond. Teams used to avoid Desmond King at all costs. Iowa State went after Riley Moss. And I'm not put, that's not a put down to Riley. But were you surprised at how much they went after Riley Moss, Don? Well, that's simply that's simply a statement about how much they believe in Hutchinson. Yes, because a lot of it was Hutchinson they, they, against Moss. They, yeah. they favored that. They favored that matchup. They did. Doesn't matter what kind of preseason honors Riley has. They had confidence they could throw the ball to Hutchinson if he was covered by Riley. 
and and the results are good. They were right. It, it worked out okay for them. And with the defense, Not just on that one play, there were other plays. There were a couple of other plays. Yeah, as we mentioned. And I know Cooper DeGene. So, Cooper DeGene had some struggles, but he had a I, nice game. I think for the most part, he's playing. I've been pretty you. impressed with Cooper and Quinn Schulte. Just your thoughts, Don? I agree. I agree. I, I still, even though uh, Cooper was victimized by Hutchinson, a couple times, uh, he's not your average receiver. We've said that. Uh, so I think he competed well. Uh, he made plays. A great interception. Let's not forget in the great end zone interception. Yep. To prevent another potential score. Uh, if you go back and look, what's impressive is how far he, how far, how much ground he covered to make that interception. Exactly. And that's what you look for. Of course, is players that can play with a lot of range, both on offense and defense. That was a really nice effort on his part, and the thing he did so well, like a veteran player, he undercut the receiver. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, that receiver was again Hutchinson. Uh, you know, they I think they targeted him 19 times, if I'm not mistaken, 11 completions for 99 yards. Uh, yeah, he's a real deal. Uh, he is a great player. He made all converts for a reason, and he did have a lot to do with them winning the game. I don't doubt for a second that he would be. Um, either an MVP or a co-MVP in that game. What What do you think of Decker's overall? I thought it was a solid performance. You know, that's a tough crowd. My gosh, there's a lot of noise going on. I thought he handled it well. Um, he played with good poise. I think they've got a, a very capable quarterback there. I think he's going to play worth, well for him. Uh, you know, he throws with accuracy, as we talked about. He, he seems to uh, know how to connect on those high percentage passes, and like we talked about, that's been part of Spencer's problems, is uh, not not his inability to make uh, really spectacular plays. He makes those as well as any quarterback, I think. His problem ties into more of the high percentage passes that should go his way and doesn't. And those are a majority of your and, passes, uh, too, especially in Iowa's offense. Yeah, Hunter hit on most of those passes, and that gave him a good percentage. And, again, it just gave him a chance to keep moving the chains. Uh, they did a, a, a good job of that. So that's um, a little bit of a, a problem for us is that the routine plays are the bigger problem. Um, here's a, Speaking of problems, here's a big problem, and it's a problem on both sides. 79 plays versus 52 plays. You know, almost, uh, I'm sorry, more than 38 minutes time of possession compared to less than 22 minutes. Uh, and that's all tied into critical downs. They convert 10 out of 20. That's an excellent percentage for any offense. We convert three out of 11. Um, and this is the right time to discuss that 21-play drive. We've already touched on it, but average yards needed 4.3, average gain 5.5. Four out of those five passes were thrown to Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. And Cooper was frustrated, and that tied into the penalty, I think. He was frustrated that they were continually uh, moving the chains, and, and that half the distance penalty did hurt us. Coach, so- um, I do think, you know, there's no better defensive coordinator in college football, but I, I'm sure that Phil wishes, I wish maybe looking back, hindsight's always 2020. I wish we would have played zone coverage on third and goal at the eight, or maybe even bracketed number nine with two defenders, um, because, um, you know, we didn't need, you know, we went ahead and rolled the dice and brought pressure. We didn't get home. And of course, the ball was out quickly because, because uh, the quarterback knew where he wanted to go with the ball. He wanted to go again with, with Hutchinson versus Moss, and it paid off one more time. Coach, let me uh, bring up the elephant in the room here. Um, 
Offensively, we are two weeks into the season. Um, Iowa is putting up historically bad numbers, literally the worst in the country in countless categories. Um, uh, Brian Ferentz starting to get a lot of heat from the fans and uh, some from the media as well. Um, do you think? Uh, do you think it is fair? I think a lot of the criticism is fair. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, do you think? Um, do you think Brian called a reasonable game Saturday? Well, um, disappointments I had. This is not. This is not really a reflect, reflection of Brian's play calling. Let's go back to the end of the first half. There was a minute fifty-three. We had three timeouts. Uh, we were a long way from the end zone. That's true, but it is an opportunity for two-minute offense. Uh, and I'm not talking about throwing the ball all over the lot and right. and just throwing caution to the wind. I'm just talking about presenting as if we're prepared to go two-minute. A simple example might be to spread the field on first down, maybe run a draw play or a screen pass, something that's a safe play to see if we can maybe bust one. You know, we didn't have any. Our longest game for the game was 14 yards. But let's face it. If, if they're in a, a little bit of a prevent situation, if they suspect that we might go two minutes, then they're going to have to spread out and deploy. They're going to play with good depth. Maybe they're, you know, the running lanes are a little better, which would apply to a screen pass too, of course, to be able to pick up decent yardage. A draw play is another possibility. Um, you know, maybe we can gain some good yardage on that first down. As it turned out, we ran for no gain. It was just a, a routine run into the line. We then run a naked for two yards. And then on third down and eight, then we threw the pick. And um, the ball was thrown into a tight window. Um, it, it was not a good decision to throw it. The ball got tipped up in the air. The ball got intercepted. Uh, we're lucky that that didn't cost us, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, we got bailed out with our defense. So that's a, a – I would like to have seen us go two minutes. And, again – not just throw the ball every snap, but at least get into a hurry-up mode, try to move down the field. Even a field goal would have been big uh, there at the end of the half. And we simply were we, – the, the reason we didn't do it is simply because we don't have the confidence that we could get that yes. done. Mm-hmm. That's and that's why I say I'm okay with being safe, draw plays, screen passes, um, you know, a design key draw even. Nobody would expect that out of Spencer because if we – if we spread them enough, here's a good example. If we want to go empty, empty, I guarantee teams are not worried about our quarterback running the ball if we're empty. Uh, so what are, what are they thinking? It's got to be a short throw. Uh, we're going to guarantee it's a short throw because we're going to pressure the quarterback with more rushers than they got blockers, and that means the ball has to come out right now. Mm-hmm. So there's no way. And we did line up empty, and we sure enough, we threw a little hitch pass to try to, I believe it was thrown to, Maybe thrown to Sam. I can't remember, but it, it didn't produce many yards. But but I'm sure that Iowa State knew there's no way they're going to run Spencer. So it has to be a quick throw because they know we're not going to give them long to throw. Uh, a lot of teams, if you show empty, uh, that's actually an automatic for the defense. Regardless of what was called, let's go ahead and can that call and pressure the quarterback with six rushers because they've only got five blockers. Okay. Now that's interesting. Hey, um, I wanted to talk to you, Don, about, and Tom, I'll be curious to get your thoughts. When Frost got fired, 
I, I a lot of stuff on my see Nebraska's not afraid to make change. Yeah, some of these right. Iowa fans wanted to compare, and not just Iowa fans, just people wanted to compare the Nebraska situation to Iowa. And I had some people reaching out to me saying, if Kirk won't get rid of Brian, they should clean. To try to compare Kirk to Scott Frost is ridiculous. And Don, you take it away. I Completely. mean, I, I mean, it's just I know the offense is bad right now. I know Kirk can be stubborn at times, but but to try to compare what he's done to can you kind of set the record straight there, Don? I know it's stating the obvious, yeah, but it's ridiculous. Simple, here's, a simple, here's a simple comparison. That is apples and oranges. Yes. That is two different things. One coach is the dean of college football with his longevity on the job and his as had so many wonderful years that people forget some of those wonderful years and even what happened in those years. And they won the West last year, as recently as last year. Correct. Short memories on the part of fans. Uh, Absolutely. You know, Kirk has earned the opportunity to do whatever the heck he wants. I agree. Uh, I realize fans have a right to complain. They do. Uh, But let's give Kirk credit for having great judgment in all kinds of ways. And for and let's give him a chance to sort this out. I agree. Uh, exactly. You know, it's going to be a, a difficult job for any coach to sort this out if they're in the position that Kirk's in. Um, but Kirk's not your average coach, and 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 we need to give him a chance to figure out how to solve this problem that we have. That's what I was. Um, and certainly the answer is not to not to do the same thing to Kirk that was done to Kirk. Ridiculous. But you've seen it. That's out there. Oh, it's out there. But, you know, come on. The they answer after a bad game, the people come out and say, you know, fire everybody, completely change everything. You know, let's just cool our jets a little it bit. It is made worse by the fact that Brian's his son. Uh, of but we know is. that. And Kirk's going to have to deal with that. Kirk has made this bed, and he's in it now, and he will deal with it best he can. And it's hard to justify having the worst Offense it is in America. Fans can bitch away. They can if they don't want. I had some fans saying, "Hey, I've got season tickets. I ain't going Saturday." I've heard that's, that too. That's your prerogative. That's I your am. choice. <laughs> I'm, well, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pay for it in, in advance, why not go? Mm-hmm. It's a night game. They're probably going to win. I mean, it could be a lot of fun. I don't get that argument, but I mean, but yeah, to to compare what Kirk, I mean, Iowa has won ten games in two of the last three seasons. They've won twenty seven games since the start of the nineteen season. You can't compare the two. But now the offense is a serious, serious problem. And Don, you know, there's no quick fix to this offense. They can get better. And what you were talking about earlier about you think they're going to get better, and I see what you're saying. I think they will too. But I could see them getting better, and they could average 260 yards a game, which is terrible. That'd still be almost 100 more than they're averaging now. So they could do 260 a game, Don, and they make market improvement, but that still won't be enough. Yeah, to give you an idea of um, just looking at numbers again, uh, and you know, I'm um, I'm uh, always interested in analytics and mm-hmm. and um, probabilities and statistics, things like that. Better days are ahead. To put it in perspective, uh, Spencer through two games is averaging three point nine yards per attempt. Since two thousand, since the year two thousand in college football, only three teams have finished under four and a half yards per attempt, and that's Army in two thousand eight, New Mexico State in two thousand nine, and Central Michigan in two thousand eighteen. And I would be willing to bet you there's no way we're going to finish under four and a half yards per attempt. Uh, I realize, you know, what's been done is still going to count. And so to, to, to move those numbers up, of course, we're going to have, have to perform much better. But I don't doubt that we're going to be able to get that done. 
um, in part because we're going to be healthier and our players in our offensive line are going to improve. Uh, and, um, and our defense is still going to present problems for the other team. You know, we're going to, we're going to work our way through this. <clears throat> and I'm not going to be naive enough to say we're going to end up averaging 400 yards a game over the last half of the season. <laughs> that would be a pretty amazing accomplishment, but the numbers are going to improve. And, um, and let's face it, it's not all about the numbers anyway. It's still about finding ways to win. Exactly, you're right. Uh, last year, as you know, uh, you've heard me talk about positive exceptions. Those are, the, those are the teams that can find ways to win, those that show up as positive exceptions. We were number two in the conference last year in that category. Number one was Michigan State, incidentally. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they had a great record to show and a huge turnaround, in part because they found ways to win games. Mm-hmm. We've always been good at finding ways to win games. We're still going to be good at finding ways to win win games. We almost found a way last Saturday to win the game. Imagine this. If that field goal goes through, we're in overtime. Exactly. And anything can happen. And, uh, uh, you know, that would have been pretty amazing because a lot of fans would have missed the overtime because <laughs> they'd already left the stadium. Because it was pouring, yeah. Um, so shame on them for leaving early. Well, let's also say that if Arlen Bruce doesn't trip over the hash mark, he waltz into the, the end, end zone. zone. It's fourteen well, to three, and, Roberts, we pro- and we probably win the game. And if Terry Roberts doesn't trip on that, that would have been a pick yeah. six. He had yeah, nobody said. You're right. You're exactly right. I had down two near misses. <clears throat> it appears that Arlen Bruce may score on a play action zip route. Uh, you know, he's he's looking like he's going to be able to fit inside the pylon. Uh, I don't know exactly what kind of shoes he's wearing. I'm sure he's wearing the ones they that they uh, want him to wear. Um, he just, you know, he just slips down on the three yard line. And then you knew they were. Later, gonna... we fumble. Yeah. And then, and then it was a route bust by Iowa State. It's one of their few mistakes that they made. A receiver ran a route different than what the quarterback expected. Uh, Terry Roberts had the INT. No problem there. Uh, Terry was upset. It wasn't because he he thought it was a drop. He knew he'd intercepted it. But looking back, he was upset because he felt like he could have stayed on his feet. And I think, and, and Hattie, uh, if he, I think he, if he was made a able to stay on his feet, he might have scored on the play because yeah. he was. There was a lot of green grass down the sideline. There was. Um, so that's tragic. Um, but that's um, that's that's the crazy thing about football. Here's another simple example: the tip pass by our our linebacker by Benson. Uh, that yeah. ball yes. yeah. could have ended up in our hands. It ends up in Hutchinson's hands. He made a great play for it, Hutchinson did. Yeah. No, you're he right. He did. He made a great play for it. Uh, it looked like maybe Schulte might get it. And they do still give high marks to Schulte again uh, for uh, playing a good game, even though he doesn't have many starts under his belt. Uh, he's he's certainly well-schooled on attacking the football or attacking the receiver. He sure is. Uh, and up until now, he's certainly shown that he's a sure tackler. And- the only thing I don't know, I don't know for sure on pass defense he gets he gets uh, an A or an A plus so far. Uh, I don't know about tackling the running game because he hadn't had many opportunities yet compared to Kerner. But as you mentioned, as I mentioned uh, last week, I texted to a friend and I said, Schulte thinks he's Jack Kerner. That's a good thing. That was the ultimate compliment I could pay him. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's playing well. Uh, and, and number three is playing well. And, of course, number three had to play a lot because number five wasn't out there. And uh, I think Cooper gave an excellent account of himself. Yep. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a, um, a playmaker, too. Um, he's a better athlete than what we normally have um, on, on the field in so many cases. And um, 
he's inexperienced, but he's not afraid to play. Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid to compete, and he is an exceptional athlete. And, you know, Jamari Harris, Jamari Harris is coming back, but the way Terry Roberts is playing right now, I don't see there being a change there. I think he's going to give them more depth. I think he definitely will. And I know some people have reached out to me, why is Wampka not playing? Well, because Quinn Schulte's a fourth-year junior who's playing really well right now. Wampka's doing a good job on special teams. Yes. But yes. Quinn Schulte's pretty good. I mean, he really is. He made some great plays yes, Saturday. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, well, go ahead, Don. Here's another analogy for Quinn Schofie. Kind of reminds me of Bobby Stoops. I can see that he's a better. He's probably well. I, I, Bobby would say he's a better athlete than Bobby ever was. But but let's face it, Bobby Stoops had a great knack for uh, for for realizing where the football is going to go, and and when he was closing on the football, he was always closing at at 100% of what he had. And he knew how to hit. I mean, he just, I mean, I remember my brother yeah. saying about that right away, about this little D-back from Ohio. He goes, this guy looks like Opie, but he hits like you. He hits like a Mack truck. And some of the, some players have that down, and some just don't. Yeah, you've heard me tell the story before, but some of the listeners have not heard this story. Real quick story, but it's a good one. In our 1981 Rose Bowl year, there was a boxer by the name of Ray Mancini, mm-hmm. boom, boom, Mancini, uh, who happened to be from Youngstown, Ohio. And he's being interviewed by Howard Cosell because he just won some huge fight. And just out of the blue, he says, hey, how about those Iowa Hawkeyes? How about my man Bobby Stewart? I remember that. Go Iowa. And uh, the reason he said that, he was in an interview one time about his childhood, and they asked Ray Mancini, they made the comment, you had to be the toughest guy in your neighborhood growing up. And he said, no, I was not. It was Bobby Stoops. <laughs> and I mean, Bobby right. went around looking for fights, but all that meant is nobody wanted to pick a fight with Bobby Stoops. And it wasn't the same with Mike Stoops was no pushover either, and he was bigger than Bobby. And Mike made first-team All-Big Ten twice at Iowa. But listen, in the, in the yeah. short time we have left on, I wanted to talk to you. Um, did you see any of the Wisconsin game? I saw just very little. I saw the turnover. I think that must be the new tight end that propped it up. Um, you know, it was uh, one of those. It was a good play by the defense. You know, the, the tight end didn't have much time to protect the ball. It was a hard hit. The ball came out, and that was in red zone when that happened. So that cost him a field goal opportunity. I do understand they missed a couple of field goals. They did. Uh, earlier on. Um, I, I'm also aware. Are you aware that the guy that scored the two touchdowns for Washington State had played for the Badgers. I was not aware of that. No. What, what's his name? Yes, he was a running back for the Badgers. A matter of fact, in his UW career, I think he ran for four or 500 yards. I remember his he name? He was a backup that, that played, name? and he simply couldn't see himself as being better than the guy they got now. We understand that. Uh, I don't know when he transferred. He might have transferred a year earlier, but I suspect he just transferred um, You know, this past Do you remember his this name? Past summer. Do you, Do you remember, remember his name? His name? Don't even, don't even recall. Uh, was Watkins, it the Chaz Malusi guy that had transferred from Clemson? No, no, no. The guy that transferred from, he transferred from the Badgers. Well, oh, no, I know. I remember Chaz Malusi, I believe, the running back, had transferred from Clemson to Wisconsin and was the starter until he got beat out by Braylon Allen. So I didn't know what the transfer portal. Hell, you can come and go. As, uh, so what name did you say, Don? You know, I was thinking it was maybe Watkins. I'm not sure the guy's name. Mm. Okay. You know, he was clearly he was at best a two at Wisconsin, and you know he's he's obviously the starting running back for Washington State. He scored both their touchdowns. Interesting. I wonder if they did have a big running back from Florida that played some, but he never was the featured back. But I mean, to me, it, it was, wasn't Deal, was it? Isn't he still with Wisconsin? No. Um, no. 
It was a two-syllable name. I can't remember what it was. Okay, I'll, I can look it up. Well, then um, Jalen Berger is one of the running backs who was at Wisconsin. He's now one of the rotation backs at Michigan State. And that's interesting, but Wisconsin's in a similar situation. It seems like they're so similar to Iowa all the time. Even when they struggle, they're a version of Iowa. It's just not as bad. But you know their fans are pissed off right now that the quarterback's not playing with the score 14 points against a Pac-12 defense. I mean, they're not in a good place. No, they're not. And the last thing, Don, is predict who do you think's getting the Nebraska job? I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have any early favorites? I, some people are saying Matt Campbell. I don't. I mean, I don't see him leaving Iowa State for Nebraska. Maybe I'm an idiot. What do you think? Well, I have great respect for Matt Campbell for the person he is. Uh, he has a lot of loyalty to Iowa State. He's already proven that. Um, I don't think Matt Campbell's that impressed that Nebraska might be able to pay him better than Iowa State because I don't think he's coaching for the money. You know, he. You know, he's very invested in Iowa State. I, maybe they can attract him. I would. I would be inclined if you wanted to pull a name out of a hat. I'd be more inclined to go with Urban Meyer because I think Urban Meyer would like to coach again. Boy, that'd be that uh, would be interesting. Urban Meyer living in Lincoln. Be interesting to hear the Nebraska fans if Urban Meyer comes there. But you it? know he would recruit well. Oh yeah, he'd recruit well, and and they've that, got some talent. No, they've definitely has. That's an interesting. So you, that's an interesting take, man. That if, if I don't think Iowa fans would like that, would they? I don't want they. Think no, they want Urban Meyer. I don't at, think so. At Nebraska, no. I mean, because I think he would have success. I mean, I, I question the man in a lot of ways, but he wins wherever he goes. Now he usually wins at a lot of coaches can win at Ohio State. Don, you would agree it's going to be a lot harder to build Nebraska back as opposed to coaching at Ohio State. Urban Meyer has usually gone to places other than Bowling Green in Utah, where there are many raid to win. I mean, Florida was really good. Now Florida is not near as good without him, but that could be scary. Urban Meyer at Nebraska, if that were to happen. Well, you know, Nebraska's already proven they got some really rabid fans. Oh, they do. They got some really big donors. They do. And um, let's face it, uh, with NIL, what it is, if the, if the right coach is in there and, and some of those guys have more money than they can spend, then they might be willing to to send more money toward athletics, and, and that could, have, of course, affect recruiting too. So that's your prediction. Uh, that's who you think is going to get the job ultimately. Ah, uh, shoot! What do I know? I don't really. Know. <laughs> you know more than we do, don't you? Don't you think they'd have to pony up about eight to ten million oh. a year for a half dozen years at least? Well, Urban Meyer wouldn't come cheaply. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but they've got the money to do it. They've already proven that. No, they do. That's an interesting take. No, that that really is. Well, that one guy's got seven and a half million dollars less than they did twenty four hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> they might not. They might not be able to lean on him this next year. Yeah, he's already. Do. He's already done his part. Well, Donnie, great stuff as usual. Tom, you got anything? I can't believe. Oh, well, we could keep talking. I can't believe about it's already been an hour, but no, great stuff as usual. Don, and I'm going to make a prediction. We're talking about a victory. I think we're talking about at least a 20 point victory a week from today. Yeah, I think there were some people that said you know Iowa was going to show up in an angry mood for Iowa State. Uh, I'm not sure. Some players maybe were based on the way they played the week before, but now the team is. Um, Logically very upset with uh, last week's game. Uh, that's gone. They can't do anything about it. But when they, one thing they can do is vent their frustrations against that next opponent. Yep. And I'll give you an example of how they can come into play. We had a heartbreaking loss years ago over at Ohio State. You remember when we were number one ranked? Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe I'm getting the, the seasons mixed up. I know we had a disappointing game. Are you talking game, about the Illinois game? And one week later, we came here and played a really good Illinois team. Yeah. You remember that? Yes, 59 Was that 85 or was that later? That might have been later. No, it was 85. It was 59 nothing. You destroyed them. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's fifty nine nothing at the half, right? <laughs> Something like yeah, it was it was just a complete I'm sorry, maybe fifty one to nothing. It was a huge number at the half. Mm-hmm. Uh and that was a good Illinois team. It that was. Illinois team went to a bowl game. But they got absolutely annihilated that day by us simply because our guys were so angry about losing that game at Ohio State that they took out their frustrations on Illinois. I got and our guys are you know, we have you've heard me say on a routine basis, we have great character on this team. You know, they're disappointed, they're they're hurt, they're angry, uh, and they're they're going to be as determined as you've ever seen an Iowa football team. They're going to be that determined next weekend. I believe that's going to happen, and I believe it's going to be ugly for Nevada. I have a great story about that Illinois Iowa game. We were our band was playing in the Virgin Islands at the time, and we were taking a break, and I went up and asked the bartender what the Iowa score was and he said he says it's 59 to nothing and I said oh no and he said you don't understand he said Iowa's ahead 59 to nothing yeah hey before we go um thanks to our listeners Don is referring to Washington State running back Nakia Watson he transferred from Wisconsin Watson then also somebody sent me the Washington State quarterback was the previous incarnate word quarterback? Ah, so, very good. quarterback. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, very good. yeah. He actually yeah, he must have been pretty good for incarnate word because he just performed um, pretty admirably, I'd say. Uh, I don't remember the exact stats. I did. I did hear about him, but he did okay in Camp Randall, and we all know Camp Randall is not the easiest place to play. Mm-hmm. Okay, Donnie. Well, great stuff. Like yep. I said, um, have a good week, and look forward to talking to you next week after a victory. Better days are ahead, guys, I promise. Okay, thanks, Thank you, Coach. Yep, take care. Okay, Donnie always always got good stuff. He did, Donnie always delivers. Is that what you were yeah. trying to say? Donnie yeah. delivers. Yeah. Donnie delivers. We taking Donnie a, and Domino's. Are taking a break? Well, you've been on break for the last hour. Doing nothing. <laughs> I've been denied. Riding our waves. Nothing. I did a lot. You rode our waves. made sure this, uh, this uh, uh, pot was... Up there and pot, you got pot here. It's not no, legal. The, no, that's that's what we call the uh, slider. The I was going to say though, because pot is not. You're legal. you're in the business now. I'm not. You've in been the in the business a long time. The pot well, business? Yeah. No. But are they potentiometers? Is potentiometers. That what they're oh, yeah. I had no idea. I thought you were talking about reefer. And now, why am I talking about reefer or dope? Would you like to dope. call it reefer or dope? Why ah. do you think they call it dope, Captain? <laughs> Is that, is that how we're coming out of that segment? That's how we're coming out of it. <laughs> we got to take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. From the Hurtine and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making Partly cloudy this morning, becoming mostly sunny this afternoon. We'll get to about 72 today. The wind out of the northwest at 5 to 15. Clear tonight. We'll drop down to 50 for an overnight low tomorrow. Mostly sunny, warmer 79 on Wednesday. Mostly sunny 82. We'll climb back to the mid-80s by Friday with our next chance of showers rolling in by Saturday and Sunday. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Current temp 62. KCJJ Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths.
Your home never looks so beautiful. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist. one 800-800-ROSE. Remember. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. This is Patrick Eads, owner of Deary Brothers Lincoln in Iowa City. Let me tell you why right now is an absolute great time to buy a new Lincoln. Custom order the exact vehicle you want from interior and exterior colors and a full range of equipment content. Your vehicle, your way. Plus, with an unusually high used car market, trade-in values are more now than we've ever seen before. Stop by Deary Brothers Lincoln at Highway 1 and Mormon Trek, Iowa City. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, See Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Get ready for a pizza experience like no other. Valbo Brothers Pizzeria features high-quality ingredients combined with traditional pizza technique. From their New York-style thin crust, Chicago-style deep dish, to stuffed pizza when you want it. Valbo's pizzas are handmade and cooked in stone deck ovens. Check out the carryout special. Either a two-topping extra-large thin crust or single-topping large deep dish pizza pie for only $11.99. Talbot, South Gilbert and Iowa City, Cross Park Road in Coralville. Check Facebook for specials and get 15% off your first delivery or carryout order by signing up online at FalboBrothersPizza.com. Falbo Brothers Pizza, buy the pie or buy the slice. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. 
Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Hawkeye fans, you love watching the black and gold. You know Hawkeye black and gold. As a Hawkeye fan, there are no better colors than the Hawkeye black and gold. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson. When you're buying, selling, or refinancing your property, consider the green and white team, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement. The team you love, the people you trust. Downtown Iowa City's best new restaurant and bar is Players Sports Bar and Grill. From Big Burger Mondays, Tex-Mex Tacos, and a variety of soups, salads, and vegetarian options as well. Players Sports Bar and Grill also features their famous Chicago Dog and the Iowa Dog. An all-beef bacon-wrapped hot dog smothered in corn relish, bacon, and ranch. Located at 219 Iowa Avenue, Players Sports Bar and Grill has both socially distanced dine-in and carry-out through Chomp Delivery. Daily deals and full menu options are on the website, playersic.com, or place an order at 319-800-2199. That's 319-800-2199. Players Sports Bar and Grill, great food, craft cocktails, and the ultimate place to watch your favorite sporting event. Henry's Painting in Coralville is your premier painting source that offers free estimates, fair pricing, and quality work. Owner Henry Herrera is an Iowa City West alum who uses only Sherwin-Williams products for his projects. With warmer weather upon us, it's time to consider exterior repaint jobs for your home or business. Henry's Painting can help you find and change your tones and colors for a fresh look. For more information, go to the Henry's Painting and Contracting website, henryspaintingcontract.com. You can also go to their Facebook page or give Henry's Painting a call at 319-333-9796. That's 319-333-9796. Henry's Painting. They don't cut corners. They paint them. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyoke Inn. Especially now, all of us need a little comfort. The Oxyoke has been offering comfort for over 80 years. From our signature recipes, quality of food, and family-style service, to historical ambiance, a return to the Oxyoke is like a warm hug. With lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. You can still order curbside carryout, including our famous pies to go, and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit oxyokin.com for hours, menus, reservations, weekly specials, and gift cards. From our family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. The corridor wakes up. 
1630 KCJJ. Good morning. Uh, be watching for our sister station, 99pluskfmh.com. We will be at the Mississippi Valley Blues Fest this Friday night and Saturday. Stop on by, grab some T-shirts, and say hi to uh, the DJs of 99pluskfmh.com. Davenport's LeClaire Park, the Mississippi Valley Blues Fest this weekend. You going? Yes. LeClaire, right on the river. Nice yeah. town. I know it, somebody from LeClaire. Yeah, Danny Wilcox-Fraser, former press citizen photographer. It's a beautiful location. I've, I like chocolate LeClaire's. I don't mind them. good. I don't mind them. Is it LeClaire or Declare? <laughs> it's a Euclair. Remember E-Claire. Gilbert O'Sullivan's E-Claire. so wonderful song, Claire? What was the other one? I don't remember the song. Doesn't he do that? Alone Again, Is that Gilbert O'Sullivan? Yeah. Brutal. Why'd you bring him up? See, you brought him up, and five minutes later, you're going to accuse me of bringing him up. I did not bring up Gilbert O'Sullivan. In a little while from now. Did you like that song? Feeling any less sour. All right, let's go to the Cubs. Let's go to the line. I'm sure this will be a very positive call. Hello. Hello, I think it's E. Claire. But anyway, um, I got interrupted, so I wasn't able to hear all of Don's uh, <clears throat> thing. But did he ever mention anything about why Ferns didn't put somebody else in as quarterback instead of running the whole time with with Petrus? Well, I mean, we discussed it. I yeah. didn't go directly say anything i think kirk didn't do it because padilla hasn't been practicing very well and kirk doesn't have much confidence in him and, and the way the game was playing out kirk's gonna play who he's most comfortable and kirk with rarely ever and substitutes confident. quarterbacks during the course of a game now he may make a change this week yeah but kirk rarely does that during a game so i was not surprised i thought he might do it in that season opener but then when i realized no penter because i didn't realize how much the gap was between spencer and alex now we know it's been pretty wide and but no, I he didn't say anything directly, but I think it's pretty obvious that Kirk just doesn't have right much confidence in the other quarterbacks. Well, and there were several times that it wasn't Peter's fault. The 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 ball was shifted a little high to him. Oh well, yeah, the that's center pr- struggling. The problem too. The center is struggling right now. Logan Jones. I mean, he's under a lot of pressure. He's even wearing Linderbaum's number. I mean, that's that's just a lot of pressure. Yeah, he's had some trouble with some snaps, and the problem is. If you have those high snaps combined with Spencer's lack of mobility, once Spencer finally gathers that ball, the defense is they're they're in trouble. The play's done. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, uh, the Cubs lost last night an ESPN game. Oh, I'm stunned. Damn, that's stunning. <laughs> what are they? Twenty three hundred or twenty two? Twenty four below five hundred. So my prediction: I said twenty five to thirty. I thought they and they're going to make You're me look. You're going to be. Bonnie, right in there. Bonnie freaking Reynolds. <laughs> but uh, but my brother's Guardians won against the Twins. Okay, yeah. there you go. And yeah. I saw the White Sox got clobbered. Yeah, White yeah. Sox And Ozzie Gian and, and uh, Chucky, they keep wondering why they're so good one day and then they're rotten the next day Chucky. and then they're good in the next I said, hey, join the forces. We're all the, that way. Have you seen the movie Bride of Chucky, Captain? <laughs> no, I don't watch You know what I'm talking about, Chucky the Little Doll? <laughs> yes, I don't watch the Chucky movies. <laughs> Okay, guys, well, let's hope that we can really do something this week. That would have been neat if we could have scored at 
you know, scored that field goal and then went on to win it because I thought, oh, you fans who left, you deserve that. Yeah, that would have been great. Love to see that Iowa offense in overtime. <laughs> do, do you think they mainly missed that field goal because of the rain? I'm sure that didn't help. Uh, didn't help. But, but I think it's he's a young kicker who's probably a little nervous. It was a tough. The wind was blowing big you time. You know, my regret more was Arlen Bruce not getting in. If he gets in and it's 14-3, to yeah, three, I, I believe we win the game. What did over? Just his own toes or what? It, uh, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Just, it, it happens. Yeah. He just it got does. running too fast and he got the forward motion I, before he got yeah. the backward motion. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, we'll see ya. Yeah, either he gets in or if Potterbaum gets in cleanly, you know. Oh, I know. There was a narrative. There was people saying, you know, if Bruce scores, we win. We're more confident. We're next thing you know, we're they had him undefeated going into Michigan. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I love. I do love the optimism by some fans. Well, we may we may well be three and one going into mid, but we're not going to be four and zero. And I don't. I had them beating Michigan in my preseason picks. I'm saying on the record now, I'm. Picks are fluid. I'm sticking with that nine and three thing and whatever, but I do not feel confident at all that they will beat Michigan. Nor, nor should you. No, seven five. You That's, do got to play the game. Well, I've got them winning this week. I got them winning this week, eleven to ten. Boy, if they don't win, four this safeties week and a again, field goal. Yeah, That's all I'm going to do too when I do my scores yeah, now. Awesome. I'm going to pick the Iowa's points and have it be weird point totals, and then I'm just going to say without four safeties and a field goal, and they'll know that I'm talking about how I was going to score. If we it's lose. Petty. If we lose this Saturday, oh, then the they'll burn Kinnick down. If they, <laughs> yeah, well, d- dismantle Kinnick. Most of it's brick, though. Wouldn't that be hard? Yeah. Well, they'll dismantle it then. Yeah. They'll put a blindfold over, over the statue. Hello. Hey, morning, guys. Morning. Hey, I think I think more than anything, this is just a reflection on. I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but the just the lack of using the transfer portal, and I know that. You know, it doesn't work in every scenario, but pretty much every Big Ten program has maximized that transfer portal for something. And, you know, Kirk goes into it and says, well, you know, we're missing Brody Breck, Deontay Vines, Keegan Johnson. I mean, if you're relying on Deontay Vines and Brody Breck that hasn't caught a pass in college as two of your guys that you're going to rely on to move into this season – that's their problem. Well, no, I get you. I get what you're they, saying. But on the flip side of that, Brody Breck and Devontae Vines are both now in their second year in the program. At some point, you got to start contributing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of receivers that only play for three years and they move on. And the other thing I think sometimes gets lost in this, and Tom and I were talking about, I don't think there's a lot of wide receivers and quarterbacks knocking down Iowa's door to come through no. the transfer portal. That's just me. I don't think there's a lot out there that, oh, the, like the missing piece. I don't think that's out there. I think right now they're having trouble getting that type of attention because the offense is so poor and so boring and so limited and so conservative and so dated. That's just my thought, Tom. I agree I, with you. No, 100%. I would, I would tend to agree with you, but Southeast Missouri State put up 370 yards on Iowa State. I mean, those receivers have to come from somewhere. And you can – to me, if you can't get a guy that goes there or South Dakota State had capable guys that transferred out, I mean, there's how many, there's a thousand guys in the transfer portal every single year. If you can't get anybody to come there, then that's on the coaching staff. Well, I'm not saying that's I mean, true. I don't know how hard, I don't think Kirk is busting his ass in the transfer portal. I don't either. I believe that Kirk feels if they get Keegan back 
and and Nico that that they will have enough. That's just me thinking for Kirk. And Kirk didn't think that these guys were all going to get injured at the same time. No. And And he also didn't think Charlie Jones was going to leave after spring ball. He left in June. There wasn't a lot to do by the time Charlie Jones left. I get what you're saying, caller. I really do, and I think there is some legitimacy to that. But I think it's really easy to just say that the answers are always in the transfer portal and whatever. And I think right now, I mean, you look at Iowa's 2023 recruiting class. I mean, what's it lacking? It's lacking wide receivers. And I just, I just wonder if it's just they're having trouble convincing people to come play in that offense. Absolutely. Well, I, I, so I'll flip, I'll flip it on the other side and say the offensive line. So every year they get three guys that are four-star guys. And if you're looking at this and you're saying, well, we're going to have Logan Jones, you know, they knew Linderbaum wasn't coming back. So if you got Logan Jones as your starting center, it's never done a snap. Bo Stevens as your guard, a redshirt freshman that has never taken a snap. It, you can't tell me that you don't want to supplement guys to give them an additional year of development and get some guys that are more Big Ten ready. I mean, South Dakota State had 24 points put on them by Cal Davis. Twenty-two, okay. I get 22. what you're saying, and I get that these guys are young, but they're both in their. When do you want guys to start playing? Three, four years into their career, it just doesn't work that way anymore. Now, I mean, to me, if you're recruiting linemen, you would like to think that by their second year, they can come in and at least be serviceable. Yes, that's all I'm saying. I mean, Mason so Richmond then do we started need to talk e- about talent evaluation. Well, Mason Richmond started every game at left tackle, and now there's still people saying, well, he's young. He's not young. Connor Colby started a ton of games last year as a true freshman. I don't think he – James Daniels left here after three years. Yeah. So I get what you're saying so a then, little, but I don't think – But then, so is it a talent evaluation problem, or is it is it an offensive – is it Barnett's fault? I mean, who is it if these guys started – We had attrition problems, too. Line? Well, they've only the only time they've been good on the offensive line consistently is when Reese Morgan was the coach. And I think maybe some of it is coaching. But, no, their individual parts. I mean, James Daniels is starting in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's really good. And But when James Daniels is here, the offensive line was never great. No, it wasn't. And we've had attrition problem on Mark Kallenberger. We had uh, the the kid, Mill, was it Miller, who well, quit? Cody Ince. Cody, Cody Ince. Ezra Miller transferred to Nebraska. They've had issues. But part of the reason I think Ezra Miller transferred to Nebraska is he didn't think he was going to play here. I think that was part of it. I mean, so, yeah, I, I don't. Hey guys, ha- I think we're talking about the same thing. I mean, I think we should supplement some of these things and not go just cold turkey. But also, I mean, somebody's got to be on the hook for this. I mean, you just can't say, well, I mean, well, Kirk's on the hook for this. And hope these guys work out. No, I mean, it is Kirk. It's Kirk. No, nobody's denying. Somebody is on the hook for this. It's Kirk. I mean, look what we've look what's been written in the last three days. Kirk is the buck stops with Kirk. I get that. All I'm saying is, I think it's easy to think that the answer's always somewhere else, and I think the answer has got to be here. They got to do with what they have. And, I mean, Jack Plum, did he play? Yes. He did. I mean, Jack Plum's a, he didn't play much in the opener. No, Jack but he Plum's quite a, a fifth-year senior. It's yeah. not like they're that young. I mean, but guys like Jack Plum have to get better. They have to play better. I mean, a lot of it comes down to you just have to play better, whether it's coaching, talent. I don't know. But, I mean, so we'll see. But I think right now, though, I just don't think there's a lot of receivers beating down Iowa's door to come here and play from the portal. Yeah, I just, I, I just think that. You know, I know during the Charlie Jones year, they took two receivers from Buffalo, right? People forget Charlie Jones was a transfer. This yeah. wasn't a guy that they recruited in high school. But he also walked on. And he also walked on and reached out to them. 
okay. I mean, is there any of those guys out there? Well, yeah, I, I'm just saying, if you're in a room not. with guys that have never played college football snaps, I think you made your own bed. Well, now, in fairness, Kirk thought he was going to go into the season with their two starting receivers back. Nico Regani and Keegan Johnson have played a lot of football. Nico Regani was ahead of Charlie Jones on the depth chart. And as of June, he thought he had Charlie Jones, Nico Regani. Um, well, Keegan Johnson. Keegan Johnson. Keegan D- Johnson's been hurt since spring ball. It's, he, he wouldn't no, play. that's not true. That's, but I'm not going to go into it. That's not true. Just trust me on that. That's not true. But he's been unavailable. But he hasn't been hurt since spring ball. That's all hey, I'm going to say. I'll trust you. Yeah, no, I'm not because yeah, uh, I'm not at liberty. I'm not comfortable talking about personal things. But I, there's a chance he may be get, get back on the field. But it's more complicated than just saying he's been hurt since spring ball. There's more to it than that. That's all I'm going to say. No, though. it seems to be the case. Everybody's kind of skirting around it. And I tr- now Nico Regani has been hurt. He's got a foot injury. Yes, Nico Regani has a foot injury. Devontae Vines has a broken wrist, and they're going to be back at some point. And I, you know, I don't. It's not like the Cal, I don't consider Devontae Vines and Nico like the Calvary's coming there. They will definitely help. But I mean, think about it. When does Iowa ever really had just Xavier Hutchinson, Hakeem Butler type wide receivers? Uh, well, Pat, I remember never? when they had Amir Smith Marset, who's on an NFL roster. Brandon Smith's on a practice squad. They had Regani during that year. They had two pro tight ends. I mean, Iowa State has stuff like that every year. Receivers. Brandon Smith's on a practice squad, and Amir Smith, uh, great, just got released by the Vikings. The Bears picked him up. Yes, they are, but these guys aren't just NFL studs and whatever, and they're the exception. They're not the rule. There's hardly been any Iowa wide receivers in the NFL. It's like running back and quarterback. Ever. Ever. I mean, but Amir Smith. capable guys. I mean, I, I, I'm just I'm saying you, you just can't, you can't expect miracles from Alex Wick. Well, oh, I don't think anyone is, but but hurt. I'm saying they're going with what they had because of the attrition and injuries that have hit there. You got it. I mean, stuff has happened. I'm not gonna. I'm not always defending Kirk, but I think it's unfair to say they weren't planning on using Alec Wick this year. I think it's no. fair to say they had to because they've lost so many people. And you know, as great as Amir and Brandon Smith were and everything, did they ever beat Wisconsin? Did they ever come close against? Did they ever do anything at Wisconsin? They did. Did they ever win a division? No, they didn't win a. They the didn't. COVID win. year, we beat them. Well, but yeah, it was the, the COVID, COVID year. That was the COVID year. Yeah. And was, were, yeah, Amir was a, but I mean, yeah, those guys were good. Don't get me wrong, but they, Iowa didn't win a Big Ten title with them. The offense still struck. I remember going through this with, oh, God, Stanley. They were, Stanley was being ripped because they couldn't win big games. Yeah. But no, it's definitely better than what they have now. But there are some extenuating circumstances that have put them in this position. I will say that. you got to look at it, I think, fairly. The offense is a wreck right now. Don't get me wrong. It's a mess. But the attrition at wide receiver, I think, is something that just caught Kirk unprepared. because when, I mean, nobody thought Charlie Jones was transferring in June. Even his teammates at Iowa were surprised by that. And I think when that, no, that I agree. Had, when, so if you had Charlie Jones, Keegan Johnson, and Nico Regani, they would at least have – well, first of all, Alec Wick and Jack Johnson wouldn't be playing. And they but would, we would at least be able to stretch the yes, field a little bit. Yes, stretch the bit. field and have a little. So we'll see. I, they're going to get them both back at some point. I'm hoping it's this week for one of them, maybe two. Then we'll see. Now, if the offense keeps sputtering when they get that back, that's going to look even worse. But I don't think there's people defending. I think right now the media has been pretty obvious in the coverage and saying this offense stinks and this is unacceptable. And, Kirk, you got to fix it. And that's it everybody. Does. And like I said, I've even, even the homers, who guys who I would consider homers, even them are starting to call it out saying, hey, this is unacceptable. Well, it's historically oh, and, bad. And, and, 
Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, I don't think how you could defend it when you're dead. And Donnie said it when you you're can't. dead last in the country. I mean, you can't defend it. Well, so, I tweeted something. Uh, to a, I, I wrote something yesterday and tweeted that, you know, despite what the media and despite what fans have been saying over the years, I think sometimes Kirk's aware of the narratives out there. There's sometimes sure. I get this perception that the more the media and the more fans sometimes want to tell him how to do something, he wants to do just, it's a pride thing. And then somebody reached out, he doesn't owe the fans or the media. No, he doesn't technically owe the, he doesn't owe the media anything other than just whatever accessibility he's supposed to do. I don't agree though that he doesn't owe the fan. I think he does. I mean, he owes the fans victories trying to do what he feels is the best way to win. And he owes the fans to graduate and go by the rules. I think he does all that stuff. But to me, he owes the fans a hell of a lot more than he owes the media. Don't you think? I don't think he needs to take advice from the fans, but to just say that he, the fans don't pay his salary. Yeah, they do. I mean, taxpayers don't pay his salary, but the fans do that money that the fans pay for tickets that feeds the machine. Not only that, Money that they pay to watch it on cable. Yeah, that pays. I mean, so yeah. he owes them. I'm, he doesn't owe them coaching decisions, and he shouldn't react to what the fans say. But to me, it seems pretty obvious that the offense, the lack of, of evolving over the last decade or so, is catching up with it. Wouldn't we agree? Well, I do. I mean, Kirk still he won't. Kirk still is using the same offense that he used to rebuild the program 22 years ago. The game has changed immensely since then. Defenses are faster, more aggressive. They attack more. They do more in space. And meanwhile, Iowa is still doing the same thing. I'm not saying you have to revamp the whole thing, but my God, there's times where well, I mean, it's just almost like trying to. I think to... you look at. Go ahead. You look at this. So Nebraska played Georgia Southern, and I, I was never going to be Mike Leach, Bobby Stoops. Nor should they. No, and we don't get that kind I mean, of what, talent anyway. And seriously, though, what big game has Mike Leach ever won? No, His stuff doesn't sustain. Agree, but, uh, His stuff doesn't sustain. Georgia Southern went from the triple option eight months ago. They were running the triple option to an air raid in eight months and put 46 points on Nebraska. So I'm just saying things can be done in a season. They're not going to change moving forward now. They're not going to change in season. But the, the if Kirk would have the willingness to change, there's certain things that are out there to do it. I mean, I can't imagine that Georgia Southern, it, the guys are just begging to go there. Well, when you say change, are you saying shift to a spread offense? Is that what you're basically saying? Because I think that's what most fans are saying. To work in some of those concepts, yes. I the mean, problem I is, though, they don't recruit that way. Look, we, we do have plenty of uh, times when we have four wide receivers and they don't get open. Or Petrus underthrows them. And the way Iowa recruits. Or overthrows them. And the way Iowa recruits, if you're a running back at Iowa, you're not going to play any other position. Name a running back on that team right now that they can move to wide receiver. Whereas a lot of these teams like Georgia Southern, it seems like they get athletes that are versatile to where, okay, if he's not going to play wide receiver, let's try him at running back or D-back. Iowa gets guys that fit a certain mold and that you lack flexibility with. There's not, who would you move? You're not going to move LaShawn Williams to wide receiver, Gavin Williams. No. Those guys aren't wide receivers. No. Uh, They are what they are. And I think that's how Iowa recruits. They don't recruit for a spread offense. So to just say we're going to start opening things up, it's a lot easier said, but if you don't have the personnel to fit that, it's hard to do. Well, I think we're, and what I'm saying, Pat, is I think there's 
they have to change that approach. I well, think I, well, just you know, well, they don't have to. They, there's, it's not like they don't Gary, have to do anything. They don't have to do anything. It's not like Gary Bart is holding a gun to his head saying, "I see what you're saying," but they don't have to do anything. And Kirk will argue and say, "Yes, this is a real down moment for us right now." But damn it. I've won 27 games in the last three years. Two, you know, get off my back. We'll get this thing figured out. I think that's what Kirk's saying, and he has a right to say that. As bad as the offense is, he has the right to say that. He does deserve the benefit of the doubt right now, but it's harder to give him the benefit of the doubt right now because the offense is so bad, and his son is the coordinator. Yes, it's a problem. Thanks hey, for, hey, thanks a lot Thanks, for the man. Call. We appreciate the thanks. feedback. Yeah. Yeah. We send him a check. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty freewheeling with, with my your money. money. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. and that guy's an example. There is some Ferentz fatigue out there. Oh, without question. It, and, and understandably so. And there's a number, a lot of people agree with exactly the kind of stuff he exactly. was Exactly. No, and I agree yeah. with that. And there is Ferentz fatigue. And when you stay somewhere for 24 years and you hire your son, you've got your son-in-law as the recruiting guy. And everything, that stuff works against you during times like when, this. When you're struggling, yes. yes. Hello. Hi, good morning. Morning. Uh, I guess Ferris to keep his record perfect against Scott Frost. That's one good thing. There you go. Yeah. Good way to look uh, at there it. There you go. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think we kind of saw this coming last year. I mean, it was smoke and mirrors, some of those wins. Uh, Iowa State ran all over us. Minnesota ran all over us, and we got the wins. You really wondered, in fact, how long can that keep up like that? No, that's a good point. Fair enough. No, yeah. that's fair enough. I no, agree. you're right. Yeah. You're right. But uh, the Sun Belt, I mean, unbelievable. Marshall. Alien to Lincoln. Marshall over Notre Dame. And who is the third one from the Sun Belt? Oh, oh uh, Appalachian, Appalachian State. Yes, Appalachian State. 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 Texas A&M. Texas A&M. <laughs> so the big schools are going to shut all these people out and not share the money, but they've got ball players too. No, you're right. You no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's going to be a long season, I think. Thanks. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm not ready to just say, okay, my nine and three is now three and nine. I'm not no. there, but I don't feel real good about my nine and three. And anymore. you shouldn't. No, I'm thinking more seven and five, six and six. But what I wrote yesterday is there's been a lot of these moments with Kirk, where it just seems like it can't get any worse. Usually I've written, hey, guys, I'm going to remind you, things never rarely are as bad as they seem under Kirk. I can't say that right now with the offense. It seems no. as bad as it is. We have never been this bad. Been the worst offense and that's what I wrote. in the country. And like I said, ever. some people got right out, oh, 2012. So I went and got the 2012 media guides right there in my office at home. They averaged 310 yards per game. Think about that. That would, yep. be, that would feel like basketball on grass right now. It would. Get, I mean, they're averaging 150 right now Colorado uh, somebody uh, tweeted that uh, Colorado's offense was so bad that uh, Iowa's feeling good about itself but it's not as bad it's as not Iowa. as bad as ours yeah. Iowa's ranked 100 la- dead last by a long yeah. margin dead last by a, a big margin yep. hello hi there hey Pat I read your article it was a good one I, I wanted yep. to tell a couple quick stories that weren't going to lambast the football team but One, I have some friends that are over in Ireland on a trip that was delayed for several years. And it's four ladies and a guy. And I got a text from them Saturday afternoon, and they were in Galway. And uh, she said, my brother found a bar that's showing the Iowa State game. And I I couldn't really believe that. And I said, well, lucky for you. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to say is I watched the Texas-Alabama game. It was a great game. Sure was. Texas 
basically destroyed both of their uh, or Alabama took both of their quarterbacks out of the game. But afterwards, and Pat, I know you'll appreciate this, they stuck a microphone in, in Nikki's uh, face. And boy, did he lambast ESPN and uh, the betters, you know, 21 point thing. And he goes, you know, all that stuff, you know, my players listen to all that stuff. And he wasn't in a good mood. He never surprise, is. Surprise, surprise. He never is. <laughs> no, thanks for sharing that. It that does funny. not surprise me. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Right. No, I appreciate that. Hey, thanks no, a lot. I mean, Nick Saban, like I said, when they poured Gatorade after they won the national title, he was young. I probably had him back practicing the next morning. But, no, that's a good story. Oh, Alabama was lucky to win. Their quarterback, yeah, they were. Their quarterback won that game with a great individual play where he almost got sacked, put his arm down, spun away, ran down the field, put him in field goal range. That's an, I remember thinking right there, geez, Iowa is so far removed from having yep. that type of play. Now, granted, he is the Heisman Trophy winner because the Texas defensive line beat Alabama's offensive they line sure did. consistently. That's what Nick Saban's really pissed about, but he's not. He's going to take it. Nick Saban hates it when there's big point spreads because his guys listen to it and they let the outside forces um, um, influence how that... Well, that's his fault for... I mean, overlook that stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think he uses that just because he doesn't want to yell. He's trying to figure out a way to vent his anger and misery and intimidation and bullying and and he decided to take it out on the betters. Hello. Hey, Pat, when you guys have your press conferences with Ference, do you think Ference lets his team know, don't pay attention to anything I tell the media, listen to what I tell you directly? Because a lot of the things that he says in the press conference, it seems like he's saying things to kind of ease the blow to, to not criticize players. Oh, yes, that's a big part of it. To keep that all from the players or tell them just not pay attention to it? Well, Kirk's never been one to criticize individual players. No, he, he doesn't throw them under the and bus. And I respect him for that. He's the anti-Alford in that case. That's part of it. And I think they are, I mean, um, Spencer Petras does not go on social media, thank God. I mean, now, they do let the outside. You saw what Sam Laporta did. Sam Laporta yeah. was mad. He even said the S word. And um, basically said, you know, you guys can all poop on Spencer, the media, and the fans. He goes, but we're not going to do it. We see how well he practices, what a great teammate he is. So they do listen to the outside. But, no, that's definitely a Kirk ploy. He's not going to throw his players under the bus. I've always respected him for that. And as far as Sam Laporta, hey, he's got every right to be mad and pissed off. I mean, that's they're right. If they want to call out the media and the betters, that's fine. You know, it's, Go for it. That's his, that's his right to do that. And he's defending his teammate. These guys aren't going to throw each other under the bus publicly. You just There's nothing no. You don't want them to. There's nothing to gain from that. One other thing, Pat, if you don't mind, on the Nebraska deal with Frost, I watched the press conference with Trev Alberts yesterday. Mm -hmm. He seemed so unsure of himself. What do you think his chances are of finding a decent head coach, a a legacy head coach? Because, I mean, when Frost didn't work, that was kind of the end of it. But Alberts seems very unsure of himself to hire a new one. Well, Don predicts it's going to be Urban Meyer, Don Patterson. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I like that Wouldn't that be something, though? That would be something. I, I don't know. I think we're going to learn something. About Trev Alberts. There's some good candidates out there. This guy at Kansas, this Lance Leopold. Yeah. I mean, Kansas is showing some life. They won at West Virginia. It's a, there's some definite candidates out there, but I think, I still think there's Nebraska fans clinging to this hope they're going to get one of the big guys. Well, if they get Urban, Urban Meyer. Myers, there's not many of the big guys left. You got Saban, you got Urban Meyer. There's not many big guys left out there. And that would give us one more reason to dislike Nebraska oh, even question. more. Yeah. Without question. But doesn't every place Urban Meyer goes end in disaster eventually? Well, but they generally win. But they too. win, and I think they they grin and bear the disaster. Well, I don't know. Everything seems okay at Ohio State. I mean, I mean, yeah. and 
Utah has managed. I mean, Kyle Whittingham's been great at Utah, and I think he took over for Urban Meyer, didn't he? Mm, I think so. I believe he did. I mean, I think the one is, you're thinking of is Florida. He left Florida a mess off the field. But Urban Meyer, as much as I don't admire him for a lot of the stuff he does off the field, the guy wins. The guy recruits, and the guy wins. And I think he would, of course, I think he would, I don't think he would return Nebraska to what Tom Osborne had him, but no. they would be good. They would. Under him right away. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank yep. you. Man, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Urban Your Builder. path of least resistance does not include Urban Meyer, does it? Uh, no, it sure, sure doesn't. You'd like him to hire Charlie Weiss, wouldn't you? Uh, yes. Hello. Morning, guys. Morning. Morning. My best and worst from the game Saturday. All right. The best was after the first quarter, looking up and waving at the kids. Mm-hmm. The Always. worst was after the third quarter, looking back up and seeing a sign that said, just kill me now. <laughs> that wasn't coming from well, the hospital, was it? No. no. I did see somebody put a tweet out there saying if uh, if uh, Iowa's offense doesn't improve, the, the kids aren't going to wave back. <laughs> You're starting to see that joke. I saw somebody say, man, if I was those kids, I'd just shut the blinds. I've seen that. You know, I mean, the wave is a great thing, man. It, and I, it means so much to those kids outside of the football Element. Yeah, they want him to win, but I think they've got so many other worries besides whether Iowa wins. I think what means a lot to them is when the visiting team. I mean, Iowa State was right there. It's, yeah. It is one. It it's is great. the coolest tradition I've seen in sports. I had like over 100. I took it off my Facebook, but I had over 100 likes within, within an hour uh, saying uh, my radio show is more offensive than the Hawkeyes. <laughs> Hello. Yikes. Hey, guys, i got a prediction for you. All right. Um, All right. Urban Meyer is going to end up at Arizona State when Herm Edwards gets uh, fired from his dumpster fire. That seems more Urban Meyer than That does. And he would win big at Arizona State. Yes, he would. Especially without USC in the Pac-12. He would win big there. That's that's, uh, something that I I I read or heard some, I don't know, on all the rumor stuff. Um, And... Pat, a guy that I would take a serious look at if I was Nebraska would be Dave Clawson. Oh, without question. The Wake Forest coach would be. He would probably be first on my list for the Iowa job, if not Mark Stoops. Someone asked me, and I'm not, trust me, I'm not saying Kirk's in hot water. I'm not. But you can, when the head coach is 67, you can speculate. My first guys would be Mark Stoops and Dave Clawson to be the Iowa replacement. Those would be my guys right now if I was to list the guys. But, yeah, no, he is a great coach. And, uh, maybe at the in, during the off season, just a thought. I mean, I don't know. I know coaches go and learn, you know, different concepts and different whatever. If I was Kirk, I'd tell Brian, it's not even that far away. Son, you go down to Kansas City for a summer and learn how to call plays and what to do and the routes and just concepts on it because them guys just got it going on. He man. did that a couple years he's ago. Done the, he, he I believe done he's done that. He's done that. No, that's a good idea, but I think he's done that. I think he has. They just don't run to the, the Bears. Same. Did he go to the Bears to learn offense? Or did he go to a team that's good? <laughs> I'm a Bears fan, but that was funny. Hey, the Bears are 1-0. Hey. Yeah. Big win for the Bears yesterday. Yeah. They beat the 49ers. Your arch nemesis was kicked out of the kicked out of Nebraska you haven't even uh, expressed your glee yet. No, well, I don't. Well, honestly, I don't want him. I just, I would have rather he stayed. And well, just, I think it, you me know, too. I think a lot of Iowa fans <laughs> would rather he stayed. Yeah, I, it's been uh, it's been crazy on the radios up here, man. Oh, so I'm sure it has been. The, the call-in shows. I mean, they 
there was people calling in yesterday when that happened on a radio show talking about uh and you guys are i mean it's unbelievable i mean urban meyer i think that's that's a pipe dream. I mean, they're calling about Nick Saban, Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, they didn't even wait till October first when his buyout dropped. You know, I found that the strangest thing: right. seven and a half million dollars. I mean, yeah, I didn't get that either. And well, because there was and, a, we know why. Well, yeah, Don Patterson explained why there was a donor that that rose to the occasion and was willing to pay the money. I mean, Mike, I mean, the guy, then that guy's got a problem. I wonder if it's too much money. Is Warren Buffett a big Nebraska fan? I know he lives in Omaha. Is he a big Nebraska fan? Maybe it was him. I don't know. I've never heard. I've never heard his name. I've never I haven't heard anything either. about Warren Buffett with Nebraska, but because seven and a half million man. to Warren Buffett is really what's Warren Buffett worth, Captain? He's got to be worth at Billions. least twenty-five billion, isn't oh. he? Oh, so yeah. So, but no, Don said I was that he, maybe a hundred billion. Don said that he heard from a good source that there was a booster that rose wrote to the, the check. Wrote the check. Huh. He is worth ninety-eight point seven billion. <laughs> I was off by one point three. So Sorry. He, so he could easily write that check. My, I don't think it was him. I don't think he's a big Nebraska fan. I just know he's from. Well, if you have that much money, seven and a half million is pocket change. It's like me giving you fifteen bucks. Hey, it's nothing. Real quick, guys. I think one of the worst uh play calls that I saw Saturday and I believe it was the third and one was uh what was he doing calling a reverse on, on that reverse? Second, and it was second and one. It was yeah. second and one. I mean, one. he was trying something. I get it. I didn't like it either. But, you know, in that situation, he's in a no-win. He gets ripped for not trying things, and then when he does and they backfire, he gets ripped for trying. I get you, though. I didn't like the t- I didn't like the timing or the circumstances. I liked that he was thinking outside the box. He was trying to get Arlen Bruce the ball in space and do something. But I get it. It just didn't seem the right time. And the deal, uh, you said on Twitter – when someone asked Kirk about, you know, Spencer, this and that, he said, well, he's not getting enough help. Okay, but here's their thing. The plays that they had on the short little rollouts, even when everything does go right, he don't help himself at all. He doesn't. You're right. I think what Kirk was really saying is, well, the guys that we've been watching in practice behind him have not earned the right to play. I think that's kind of what he's saying without saying it. Because he doesn't want to say that. He doesn't want to say that. And, 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 I mean, no one knows because you're not at practice, but how many reps are the other guys getting? Because usually backups and third stringers well, get, what, two to Yeah, the Labus probably isn't getting near as many as Padilla. But Padilla's, get, I've been told, has gotten enough reps. And from just from what I've been told, he just hasn't outperformed Spencer in practice. All right. Well, maybe maybe Saturday night you just, you know, I mean, something's got to go, man. Yeah, well, it'll all depend. I, I could see Kirk, though, you know, I could see him saying to this, guys, we got to give Spencer one more chance. We're going to win this game. I think we're going to be able to run. I think they're going to be able to run the ball Saturday. And you watch when they can well, run the ball, everything else works. Nevada gave up 61 points, 61 points to Incarnate Word Saturday. So it, Nevada did. So I, I'd hope. Uh, I hope we could muster 20. Yeah, so Iowa should win this game easily. They should be able to run the ball. And my thinking is Kirk may say we put Spencer through – 
a quagmire here, but then you could say, well, God, you played South Dakota State and Iowa State. It's not like you played Alabama and Georgia. No, no, it's not. But I could see Kirk wanting to give Spencer one more chance to salvage himself. And South, yeah, South Dakota State barely won twenty-four to twenty-two yeah. in their game. So no, this, I mean, against and, UC and Davis, Iowa State. They're, I don't see Iowa State being a ten or eleven win team. No. So it's not like Murderer's Row. So you can look. No. This is you could look at it from both directions. You can, I mean, just Mister. Although Mister Optimus would have a hard time beating. Mr. Pessimist right now. It would be tough. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks Thanks. for the call. Yeah, I mean, South Dakota State turned around and almost dropped a game to UC Davis. There wasn't as much booing Saturday as I thought there would be. No? But if if (laughs) Spencer starts Saturday, you're going to If he starts Saturday and goes three and out for a series, it will get ugly. I think they just got booed out. I mean, they're just so frustrated that... I sometimes think the wave prevents some booing, at least in the first half, because I mean, it sort of reminds. Turn, well, it just puts everything turn in that perspective. Way start booing the kids. No, what I'm saying <laughs> is it puts everything in perspective. Yeah. it's hard to go from waving to kids who are fighting, you know, life-saving yeah. battles, and all of a sudden you start booing. I mean, I I'm, I could be just corny on this one, but it seems like the booing gets worse. In the second half, of course, because the game progresses. But I sometimes think maybe the wave kind of lightens everybody up a little bit. Or maybe I'm just a Pollyanna. Homer. Homer. (laughs) Hello. I agree with that last caller. We don't got no dang old offense. Don't have no what? What the I hell? Don't care. What's, he, what's that, this? And that's, no, that was so poor. this is fake Ackerman doing who? Who knows? This is a new thing, though? That was poor. There was, was no Ashley Henson. Poor. There it was brought no us government. down and... Not even close I, to a bill. And I got to get out of here anyway. So why do we... Oh, we're done? That? Yeah, yeah do we, we don't have to go till 1130 every Monday, yeah, do no. we? <laughs> no. But next Monday we'll make up for... Go next like, Monday... Go till 1 o'clock. Hopefully next Monday we're talking about a win because if we're talking about a loss, I can't even imagine oh, what it's going to be like. I think it's physically impossible. And Bigger we, upsets have happened. Yeah, but I nah. just think it's physically impossible for them to lose Saturday. I hope you're right. All right. <laughs> Thanks to Donnie Patterson, as always, for joining us. Thanks for the callers. And hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.